Come on. Welcome to Lifeblood. This is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, the strong and powerful Jim Mascara. Jim, are you ready to do this? Let's do it, man. Let's go. Jim is the VP of Corporate Development with Alliance Advisors. They're providing technology systems, consulting systems to companies. He's also the author of seven books. I'm excited to have you on. Jim, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Well, uh, I immigrated immigrated to the United States in the uh, mid-1970s as a young lad. I'm originally from Panama, so I'm an immigrant to the, the United States. Uh, really a, a realization of you know what many people would consider the American dream. Uh, father relocated our family here. And, uh, you know, it's a good life and good opportunity, obviously, you know, for professional growth and development. Um, my uh, academic background is uh, in industrial engineering. I have a couple of degrees in that. Uh, professionally, I spent a lot of time in uh, telecommunications and technology. Um, after that, I started my own consulting firm focusing in on um, alternative lending for businesses and investors and debt restructuring. Uh, you'd mentioned earlier about publishing books. Um, I have seven books uh, that I've published and then four audiobooks that I've recorded. Um, the books are comprised in two different areas. My nonfiction work uh, centers on the financial markets, the economy, uh, a little bit on investing, um, social mood and uh, politics, but not in the way you might think. It's just sort of, you know, why we act in the way we do with respect to politics, you know, based on economic and monetary roots. Uh, my fictional work is actually a political thriller series. It's got financial crisis, it's got cryptocurrencies, you know, it's got the dark web, and the protagonist is a journalist. Um, as you mentioned, now in my capacity as uh, VP Corporate Development and Alliance, um, I do get involved with, again, developing the organization, but one thing in particular maybe we can talk a little bit about today is uh, the, the foundation of something called Alliance University, uh, which I call the modern Agora. And the, the Agora was that ancient Athenian uh, centerpiece in the town where people came to learn. And if you're familiar with the term claustrophobia, you know, agoraphobia is exactly the opposite. The Agora was an open space, you know, so this is an open area where people can come learn and, and share ideas. And, you know, the, the tagline for the site is learn from experts, but learn from each other. Nice. Well, I certainly appreciate all that. So, living the American dream, immigrating from from Panama, um, the engineering background, writing books, uh, creating new spaces to learn. Love it. Uh, do you do you do you, do you sleep very much, Jim? What's going on? <laughs> I like to think of myself as very efficient, uh, you know, very task oriented. So, you know, maybe when when you wake up, you're like, okay, I've got to do, you know, these things in this particular order. And uh, I just find that works really well that way. You know, if you don't if, if you don't kind of plan things out, then you know, most people, you know, there's there's a tendency, obviously, to procrastinate. There's a million things we can do on the web and you know, streaming services that we have now. Um, I like to exercise a lot, so there's there's distractions there as well. Yeah, appreciate that. So. I don't know that, that, that I'd ever heard the term Agora before, but I love it, and I love the idea of having an open space to come and learn, um, and I forget what the tagline was, learn, learn from experts, but learn from each other. Yeah, learn from experts, and then learn from each other, yeah. So what was, what was the motivator behind putting that together, and how did that, how has that sort of evolved? 
Well, it's interesting. Um, you know, I mentioned I'm an immigrant, and in, in my culture, education was always viewed as something supremely important. It was important for my father, who came from uh, extremely, extremely humble roots, you know, to become a physician, you know, and a successful doctor in, in this country. Um, you know, none of that's possible without education, right? And the support that, you know, you need to have, you know, for those people, you know, desiring that education. Um, that was certainly borne out, you know, during my professional career. I mentioned I was in telecommunications and technology, and I always kind of had this thirst for knowledge. And so in parallel to what I was doing, I was developing this, this expertise, you know, like trading commodities. I got my Series 3 license, and I started to write for a national column called examiner.com. Uh, then came the books. You know, I, I still contribute to some uh, financial journals online. And so it's, it's really a natural outgrowth of that. And, and as I was writing, you know, my nonfiction books and even my fiction books, you know, we know, and it's, it's very evident, we have a big chasm in this country, you know, in terms of, you know, of our political divide, right? And, and so as an engineer, you know, what do we do? We, we think about how to solve problems. And to me, I started to go back to doing some, you know, root cause analysis. Well, what, what's really the source of a lot of these problems? And Truly, and, and this is probably overlooked, I think, by many, because, you know, we've become so mired politically, um, the sources are really uh, very economic in nature. And, and and so that's what people react to. And and so when I when I started to write, you know, I, I always come back to, okay, what are the economic roots of these problems? You know, what, what could we do to solve them? Well, I will be totally honest with you. We can't solve any of these problems until we learn, you know, what the root causes of these problems are. So my writing was really focused on simplifying, you know, what these problems are and how we can approach them. Um, unfortunately, you know, we've gotten a little bit further away from that. You're seeing a little bit of a reaction, you know, to uh, some of this economic strain by the development of what I'll call digital currencies, you know, cryptocurrencies. And I don't want to take the discussion in the direction, oh, you know, you need to go dive into this because this is the greatest investment boom of a lifetime. That's not really my point. Now, my point is, is that um, the most popular cryptocurrency right now, which is called Bitcoin, came about in 2009 as a reaction, you know, to what happened with the economic crisis of 2008. And if you look at like the very first, you know, block that was recorded by the pseudonym Satoshi Nakamoto, you know, he wrote something about, you know, the, the government or the bankers are getting ready to do something else. So, so again, that, that tells you something about what the motivation of, you know, of what an entirely, you know, burgeoning, you know, economy right now in the crypto markets is all about. Yeah. <clears throat> I think it seems like there's, there's certainly a lot of really, really exciting things happening. And with, with, with any change, some of it's going to be uncomfortable and sort of rocky. It's never just going to be a straight line from a bad thing to a good thing. Um, but Nice. So, circling back on on this idea of, of of the Agora and of Alliance University, what is sort of in your mind's eye what the what the finished product is 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 going to be? What what yeah? What are you hoping yeah, to we, accomplish? You know, and to your point, I mean, uh, I would say the product's not totally finished, um, but we have a platform you know, for it right now. Alliance University, as you mentioned, uh, I called it the modern agora. You know, where, where can people come? You know, again, an open space where people come to learn. And there's different dimensions to that learning. You know, we have three different parts to our platform. One, seminars, where you come to learn from people that 
um, that that is what they do for a living. You know, they they they're trainers, they're organizational developers, and it's a very I like to think it's a very very diverse group of of of, of, co- of content that's there. Um, every one of the seminar uh, providers is an instructor in some capacity in their own company, with the exception of yours truly. I have some content in there myself. We were talking earlier about cryptocurrencies. I continue to see a need, you know, to educate the public, particularly those in the financial industry, about you know about digital money, essentially. So there's there's content there. Uh, the executive briefings is the second part of the platform, and that's really kind of like our gift uh, to the world, which is you know what can we talk about, very much in like in what we're doing right now, you know, in, in a in a live or recorded format of you know topics of the day, and with the emphasis on brief, they're called briefings, right? So we try to keep it to around 20 minutes, and um, Again, I'll invite different people, and, and one of the one of the topics we talked about was um, what does it take to run a nonprofit? Uh, I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. We've got a ton of nonprofits in the area, but I think a lot of them don't really know what it takes to run a nonprofit. You know, what's the most important thing about a nonprofit? So we had a an expert come talk about that. Um, you've probably done this. I know I've done this. You you go to a website, you register for an account. Oh, you go do that at another another website, and another and another. Well, how many websites do you have out there where you created an account and there's a password out there? So we talked to somebody in our company about, I, I call them zombie accounts and zombie passwords. So I, when I was promoting it, I had, you know, the, the that a bunch of zombies kind of walking around a blown up, you know, city, you know, just to kind of be dramatic about it. But that, that's another topic that we talked about. So those are the briefings. Um, the last part of the platform are roundtables, which, you know, a classic roundtable, you know, you have a topic that a moderator like myself is developing you have a panel of experts and an audience. Uh, we have another one that is just case studies. You know, what what is it? What, what happened with this particular case through the eyes of the client? You know, how did we help them? You know, and how does the how does the client become the hero or heroine in the story? And those are kind of scripted, actually. Uh, we have another one which is, let's say uh, you have that roundtable format again. But you don't have a panel of experts, you have a moderator, and you have an audience, and you discuss a very controversial topic there. Um, as an example, politics in the workplace. Uh, we implement a very specific set of rules that I call Chatham House Rules, which you know provides a, a cloak, if you will, of, of, um, of confidentiality. So people can speak freely, again, back to that open concept, people can speak freely uh, in that forum and not worry about attribution later, you know, on social media or the news or something like that. And then the last part of the roundtables is really that same concept where we take a cohort of people that have something in common, professionally perhaps, and we bring them together, we meet monthly, and those are called councils. And those councils, the ones that we're forming right now, once focused around HR professionals. So the only people in that council will be HR professionals, again, with a moderator. Another one will be a council that is just for professional women. Another one will be for nonprofit professionals. Another one is going to be for young attorneys. And there's some other ideas that I've been percolating right now for that. But again, the same concept, you bring people together, the same cohort, they have a lot of shared experiences, you have a moderator, you know, that guides them through monthly discussions, we'll bring in guest speakers and so forth. But again, people have a, a safe space there, it's open, you know, and they can freely discuss certain topics. Yeah, I appreciate all that. And it's interesting, right? People are probably attracted to certain parts of it over the other. I think that with so many different mediums um, available to us, if it's just listening or if it's actually engaging one day, perhaps hopefully soon, uh, in in sort of a face-to-face environment with, with, with peers specific to your industry 
or if it's just being able to tune in and and watch somebody talk about a very very specific thing in the form of a seminar i think that that's great so as as you're putting it together i'm always fascinated by just what the thought process is what's what's been more challenging than you expected what's been i I guess for lack of a better term easier how has the process actually been well, part of what I've had to do is um, I've, I've built the website myself. I've assembled, you know, I mean, conceptually, you know, the conceptual my idea is, again, the open space, the agora and so forth, um, you know, recruiting the, the, the appropriate, you know, seminar presenters, you know, the people that I think are professional are, are going to add value. Uh, maybe something that's not tried it has been, you know, delivered many, many times, but, you know, some unique content there. Uh, one of the seminar presenters that I have is doing a seminar uh, f- just for women, and it's and it's basically on, on a concept called diagnostic thinking. Uh, another uh, presenter that I encountered, uh, she's going to present things that have to do with business etiquette. Right. I mean, that's something that people don't think about a lot. Um, you know, we all write emails. Right. We all write content on websites. Uh, I can tell you. And again, as an author, there's a lot of content out there that, you know, probably could be better, you know. And so she's going to write you know, or she's going to talk about, you know, business writing. Um, so, again, those are some things that, you know, the, the diversity that I guess that I want to put, you know, in that seminar and really across the whole platform. But in terms of the challenges, uh, you know, we're still not uh, obviously fully you know, open. There's a lot there's a lot of uh, lockdown uh, measures that are still in place There's still um, some degree of discomfort for people, you know, wanting to congregate. Um, so at this point in time, George, I am kind of doing a hybrid model where uh, some of the uh, some of the seminars are going to be in person. But, you know, with, with limited capacity, and then the rest of it right now is virtual. Now, what's interesting about it is, is you know, hopefully this concept takes off even further, and, you know, because people are going to want to attend some of the things that we're doing at Lions University, but they're not in St. Louis, Missouri. Well, we've got the virtual, you know, platform that we can use, which, you know, a lot of us have been using a lot, obviously, over the course of the last year. Um, so those are obviously some of the challenges right now, you know, getting some of those things uh, in play. I will tell you that the reception that I've gotten when I've mentioned Alliance University to people and the diversity of the platform has been overwhelmingly positive. You know, now, you know, we just need people to understand, hey, you know, it's okay to, you know, continue your organizational development. You know, it's okay, you know, to get back together, you know, close enough to people where, you know, and, and let's face it, you know, when, <clears throat> when we're able to congregate again, it's different than just you know, looking at a talking head, right, you know, over a screen. Um, So there's some learning dimensions, obviously, that will will improve with that. Yeah, I appreciate that. No matter how engaging we are, Jim, it still isn't quite the same as being in person. So (laughs) um, in terms of, uh, I, I think that that so much of life is a story of, of, of commitment. Certainly, your parents making the decision to move from Panama to the United States, which I'm sure was very, very difficult. And your father, you mentioned he was a physician. And then making sure that your kid, his, that your parents' children, you and I don't know if you have siblings or not, but helping to instill work ethic. And it sounds like you have that. It sounds like you have a good work ethic and that you're a focused, committed person. When, when, when you're putting this together, you are – you are going to be in and are and working to inspire people to come back consistently. How do you think about motivating people to, I think there's a question in here somewhere to, uh, to commit to showing up to something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's that's a that's a good one. You know, I, I, I've always felt, you know, people are motivated externally and internally. Right. Um, 
probably most people have external motivations. Uh, somebody like myself, I'm, I tend to be a little bit more internally motivated. And so what we have to think about is, you know, what's going to create that external motivation for people to come out, you know, like you said, it, hopefully, you know, come to things like Alliance University or learn. Um, I was encouraged, uh, and again, I, I'm, I'm, this is not intended to be a political statement, but I was encouraged by, you know, the, the turnout in the 2020 election, you know, for whatever your, your persuasion is, but, you know, we had obviously a lot more people turn out, you know, for the election, so there was a lot more civic involvement. Uh, in my books, in my nonfiction books, I mentioned that um, there's, we're, we're undergoing a change, and when I say the change, this doesn't happen from one year to the next, and I mean, it, it could happen over the course of a decade, where you're going to see, uh, you know, a greater need for what I'll call civic involvement. And what I mean by that is, is that, you know, we have continued uh, to rely on a lot of solutions uh, for our social ills, and typically we go to a central authority, that's federal government, uh, in some cases, state government, and so forth. For that, uh, my inclination is is that you know we're moving to a more of a decentralized model. Anyway, I, I talked earlier about cryptocurrency. That's, that's entirely a decentralized model for the most part. And um, there's there's going to be this tug right now. I think in the future between you know those forces of decentralization and those forces of authority, they're still going to want you know to kind of corral things. And my hope is is that you know this move towards decentralization, this move towards um, you know greater civic involvement. And when I say civic involvement, it's um, you know trying to tackle problems more from a grassroots level. So in our case in the United States, like let's not automatically default to oh yeah that solution is going to come from Washington D.C. No, it may come from in my case Jefferson City, the capital of Missouri. It may come from the city where I live, St. Charles, Missouri. I think those that, that that focus needs to be much more decentralized than, than, than it has been in the past. Um, in order for those things to happen, you know, we need to understand, you know, again, what the problems are, how we solve them, come to some college, common knowledge share again on how to solve these issues as well. And none of that happens until you know we make a commitment. You know, let's put down our cell phone, you know, for a couple hours a day, and let's learn about something. Let's learn about something new. Let's read a book. You know, and I'm not talking about just my books, just just in general. I mean, we've lost our capacity to uh, to reason in this country in, in many many different ways. In the, the the, the, the pandemic that we're going through and what happened last year has kind of been reflective of that for me to kind of see what's happened. So we, we again, we need to put down, you know, some of the social media for a while and, and let's just get back to learning. Yeah. Amen. Well, Jim, the people are ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them? Well, I think I, I think I prefaced that early. <laughs> yeah. Let, again, put, let's, let's just get back to a point where, you know, we, we, we are intellectually curious about some things. And again, and when I say that, you know, you, you have to make some of your own discoveries. Uh, you have to kind of come to your own conclusion. So go out and seek that knowledge, you know, from, you know, people that you think are trusted. Uh, try to stay away from the politics of the knowledge because it's very easy to go one way or the other. Uh, politically, I'm very centrist, um, so I don't tend toward one party or the other. And I think that's a really good approach just from the standpoint of, you know, okay, let me seek out the knowledge and then I'll draw my own conclusion, you know, despite what the noise that I'm hearing on one side or the other. Yeah, I think that that is great stuff that definitely gets, come on, come on. Yeah, being able to actually think for ourselves and take in information and put our phones down for just a minute and to exercise that critical thinking muscle in our brains, which is there. That's right. That's right. I, I, I think it's there somewhere. <laughs> I love it. Well, Jim, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can people engage with you? Uh, two places. Uh, if you want to uh, 
learn a little bit more about my uh, writing, uh, jimmoscara.com. So that's J-I-M-M-O-S-Q-U-E-R-A.com. You'll see uh, all of my work there that I've, you know, on the fiction and nonfiction side. Uh, the Alliance University, um, please, please come visit, uh, see what we're trying to do here. Uh, I think you'll be, you know, favorably disposed again to the content and again the the, the aims of the of the platform, and that is Alliance A L L I A N C E dash U the letter U dot C O. Perfect. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Jimmy your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to jimmoscara.com. That's J-I-M-M-O-S-Q-U-E-R-A.com. And then check out Alliance University at alliance-u.co. Thanks again, Jim. Thanks a lot, George. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight as we are all in this together. This episode is brought to you by Money Alignment Academy. If you are looking for a financial wellness platform for your company, your organization, and your employees, check out moneyalignmentacademy.com or click on the link in the notes of the show.